Hey everyone, and welcome to the first edition of the Best of Top Trader series. In this week's edition, I went back to a conversation that Catherine Kaminsky and I had with Nicole Collagen, the founder of Quest Partners, in which he shared his wealth of experience, including some life lessons, and even his take on the modern scientific trading systems that we are used to today. Now, one of the topics which I particularly liked and would like to share with you here was his view on the VIX and volatility trading within the managed futures industry and also outside the industry. So without further ado, let's jump right into today's topic. And if you want to listen to the full episode, just go to toptradersunplugged.com forward slash 102. I want to stay on 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 a topic that, you know, I think I think 2017 probably was the year where, to many investors, VIX really became known. Right, everybody suddenly talked about the VIX, right, and yeah. uh, and it's been a little bit under the radar beforehand. And so, so what do you? What, what's your opinion? Um, you know, what is the impact of the growth of VIX sort of volatility trading in? In sort of the you know in 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 our industry, but maybe also outside the industry. Sure. Um, so uh, certain investments that don't have a great risk-adjusted returns can temporarily turn into amazing bubbles because the return stream has certain characteristics which gives time for other investors to come in. So it becomes very self-reinforcing, mm-hmm. like a positive feedback loop. Uh, and there's ways where in certain industries you can reinforce that intentionally. If you're an activist investor, you put on a position and then you you say, here, I, I got my position. Other people come in. You can do great. You're effectively, it's like a pump and dump of uh, penny stocks in the 80s, right? So cryptocurrencies are a little bit the same thing. They're being promoted. I mean, I'm receiving text messages here and there saying, buy this, only this much for each account, whatever. So effectively, these things are being a little bit manipulated. And in the same way, um, regulators, in a way, if they don't control these things can it can be very very harmful for investors in the long term so in the case of the vix starting from uh, the fed put uh, starting two th- 2009 which was basically the market is not going to go down 50 percent anymore it's only going to go down 20 then you had the equity hedge funds which had always oh, since it's going to go down 20 only i'm going to buy it at minus 15 then uh, because if minus 15 is there then you had short-term uh, swing traders who bought it at minus 10 then you had short-term CTAs who bought it at minus five. Then you had artificial intelligence or mean uh, machine learning techniques, which said buy it at minus three. So it's become a very self-reinforcing where uh, effectively people are now justifying that the economy is uh, doing great and that's why the vol is low. Uh, there's an aspect of the reality is markets lead the economy and not the other way around. And I would say today what's going on in the equity world and the VIX in particular has become a very self-reinforcing bubble, which is suppressing the vol in the market. So when the VIX or when an implied vol in the market comes down, when people sell options on the market, until those options expire, effectively you have mean reversion trading. If the market goes down, the option sellers are buyers of that market as it's going down and the option uh, sellers are sellers of the market when it goes up. So they suppress the vol of the market. Typically, that lasts until the, op- the options expire. So look at the you know, open interest in a, in a market. Where was this? Uh, w- what drove the implied vol compression? Options of this maturity, that's typically when you're going to see the mean reversion at that market. Then it typically breaks out. 
Okay. Yeah. So the VIX is a, it's a, quite a serious thing because a lot of, um, I'm going to say, very sophisticated investors are putting large amounts of money at play in it. And based on uh, volatility, uh, normalized uh, risk techniques, they think they're taking very little risk. On, the, on that note, Nicole, I think that, um, you know, we talk about, you mentioned the word manipulation, there's the VIX, you talk about big trades and, and so on and so forth. But I think there was an article in, 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 in Bloomberg recently that, that mentions that uh, on December 20th last year, 2017, the quote unquote VIX elephant put on a very large position, something like 260,000 lots. And, and, and the article went on to talk about how relatively easy it is to manipulate the settlement, which has a huge impact if you're, you know, if you're trading options and you're waiting for expiry, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, do you have any thoughts about this? And because one of the things that our industry has always been known for is liquidity. You, you're, we're not manipulating markets. We're not creating trends. We're not doing anything like this. The VIX seems a little bit out of the ordinary when it comes to this. <laughs> The VIX, by the way, in 2017, there was a six-month period with a sharp ratio, and it was 15. On the Euro VIX, it was 30. Right. Uh, so, yeah, yes, it's a little bit out of the norm. Right. <laughs> I would say like 100 times yeah. over. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yes, so the, the, with volatility, the amount of risk or the amount of gamma that you have in the market is uh, highly variable over time as you approach expiration. So you come in and you say, my vol is this and my, uh, my delta to the market is that. And then as you, expo uh, as, you, as you approach expiration, your gamma or the level of mean reversion that you're willing to do or the, the amount of liquidity you're effectively providing to the market increases exponentially. So I would say in particular, it's easy to manipulate the VIX. And uh, today in an industry where I would say there's a, a potentially some uh, misalignment of interest between uh, the interest of hedge fund managers where they participate in the upside but not the downside towards year end, there could be quite strong incentives uh, to make sure that the market stays where it needs to be for you know, a good payout uh, year end. So effectively, if consciously we talk about risk being volatility based and I say my position is this, uh, you know, I have a 10% vol and I'm going to short 10%, you know, I'm going to keep a 10% vol and short the VIX, you're going to create uh, this bubble very, very easily in the VIX. You don't need to do this on the VIX. If you look at equities, you look at fixed income over time or the all weather portfolio or risk parity, where positions are inversely sized to, uh, let's say, one-year, three-year, five-year uh, vol, the fact that people are uh, allocating, let's say, to equities and the vol is coming down, they're constantly increasing their leverage and they're reinforcing that cycle. The same way, the leverage today in a 10-vol uh, risk parity product is 6 to 1, where at a peak in 2007, it was 4 to 1. In 2003, it was uh, about uh, four to one as well. Today, just the fact that people are chasing or uh, saying, you know, we agree, I'm going to put on 10% vol. You don't complain, I, it's stated. Now I go do this. And in the market, if I do it in a way where I'm timing my entries correctly, I can basically suck in a lot of quantitative traders in the process. So I'm saying in the VIX, very easy. I would say even in equities and fixed income, you have the same thing going on. If you buy the S&P when the realized vol is low, you typically lose money. When you buy the when the realized vol is high, you typically make money. And effectively, you can use volatility only 
uh, as a way to time the S&P or equity indices, just because of the way people are trading it and the way people are sizing their positions. Do you trade the, the VIX? Uh, we put on a tiny positions for, uh, as I said, mainly for entertainment. <laughs> so uh, we uh, we look at, uh, we can extract convexity out of the market by trading Delta 1 futures. We don't need the, the VIX to, to get that. And if we want the negative skew, we can generate negative skew by trading Delta 1 as well. So models that bottom pick the S&P have sharp ratios of four and five in the last three years. Uh, again, we provide those for free. So we can you can get that convexity without trading the VIX. But uh, we trade it out of, uh, how can I say, almost, uh, you know, with a smile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there you have it. If you enjoyed this short insightful clip from a past episode of the show, then you will love the new free book that I'm giving away right now. It's called The Many Flavors of Trend Following and includes some of my best insights on this perhaps the most dependable and consistent yet often overlooked investment strategy. You can get a free copy at toptradersonplug.com forward slash book right now to start your own investment journey today. Just go to toptradersonplug.com forward slash book. And make sure to come back to the podcast or my YouTube channel next week for more exciting and engaging conversations.